The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I have such an obsession with Symbiotica that I harassed the founder, Shervin, and made him come back on the podcast. He's coming back on the podcast for part three. <laughs> He's been on three times. I have to tell you, these vitamins are legit. I took them my entire pregnancy. They come in like these little packets. Even Zaza likes them. They have like organic mushrooms, vitamin C, glutathione. I am a huge fan of the vitamin C packets. And I also like the B12 that you squirt in your mouth. I like it because it's liquid. So I feel like it goes straight to my bloodstream. The B12 I do straight in the morning. First thing, it tastes really good. It's not overly sweet. I do 10 squirts underneath my tongue. It absorbs immediately into your system. I give a squirt to Zaza. And then the vitamin C I'll have like later in the day. Michael is such a fan that he says himself he's their biggest customer. No, I think I am their biggest customer. And what I love so much about the supplements is they're not in pill form. They're liposomal. So they're actual food that you eat. So instead of having to take a pill to get your vitamin and have it assimilate into your system, you're actually eating the supplements and the vitamins and getting them right into your system, absorbing them right away. Weston and I were in the sauna together today. It's a long story. Don't ask. And he, Questionable. he was telling me how he feels like his hangovers have improved since taking Symbiotica. His nails are longer. His hair is longer. I feel the same way. I'm a huge Symbiotica fan. I've used my own code. You can use code skinny at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. This is in addition to custom bundle discounts. So people can get 45% off. Create your custom bundle at symbiotica.com and get 30% off. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. And if you have any questions for Shervine, leave them on my latest post. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! When I was younger, I thought that porn was for me because when I had these things going on at home when I was a kid, I found this show called The Girls Next Door of Playboy. But I watched the show and I was like, oh my gosh, their lives look so glamorous compared to mine. I'm here trying to stop my sister from committing suicide every day and I could be jumping on a trampoline into a pool at like this big mansion. The gorgeous, the beautiful, the one and only Lana Rhodes is on The Skinny Confidential today. I am so excited she is on the show because I wanted her to tell her story. I didn't want someone else to tell her story. I feel like her story is told by so many other people and to come on the podcast and own her narrative was really cool to hear. Lana Rhodes is an American model. She used to be a pornographic actress. She talks about this. She is now a boss, an entrepreneur. She does not work in the porn industry anymore, but she is very active on her OnlyFans page and other social media platforms. She also works behind the scenes and in front of the camera with Playboy, and she's a total social media guru. She has a huge following, like 10 million followers. And on this episode, we get to see a different side of her. There are so many taboos surrounding the adult film industry. I'm sure so many people that have tuned into this episode already come in with their preconceived notions of what it means to be an adult star. And not only was Lana Rhodes an adult star, but she was 
I think at one point, the most popular adult star in the world, which is crazy. And she did it all in an eight month span of time and then left and now is no longer participating in porn. It's a crazy story. Um, when you hear about her childhood and her upbringing and how she got into the industry and then how she got out and what she's done since, it's crazy to think that she got this level of fame in an eight month period of time, almost a decade ago. With that, let's meet the charismatic entrepreneur, successful podcast host, and the mother of a baby boy called Milo, Lana Rhodes. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. How the fuck do you look so good after four months postpartum? So I just started losing weight about a week and a half ago, but it's keto, it's nomad, and it's calorie deficit. And I lost 15 pounds in the past two weeks. Okay, you have to get specific. What, what What does each of these diets mean? Are they mixed together? I think instead of just doing one thing, you should do all the things. If you want quicker results, usually people would be like, oh, I'm just going to do keto or I'm just going to do a calorie deficit or I'll explain all of them. So keto basically is high fat, low carb. So right now I'm consuming less than 10 carbs a day and I'm eating basically, (laughs) this is kind of disgusting, but almost carnivore. So I get Wagyu beef, ground beef, which is hard to find, but it at Air One, which we're lucky enough to have in LA. And it is the highest percent fat, like beef or ground beef. Meat is zero carbs. And then every once in a while, if I need a snack, I'll eat like a piece of cheese, which is also zero carbs. And then Nomad means you do a 24-hour fast. So I eat one meal a day, also at almost zero carbs. And then the third factor is an extreme calorie deficit. So what I'm doing is not for everyone, but I have gone four months without losing any weight, working out extremely hard. However, I was always super skinny, so I never really understood what you have to do to lose weight. So this has been a learning experience for me. I finally got a Fitbit and I'm like tracking my calories. I used to just shove my face and eat whatever I want. It's not for everyone, but it does work. And I think keto and fasting, intermittent fasting is extremely good. Have you got your hormones checked? I have. I always was telling Vic, I'm like, I think my thyroid's broken. I think like, no, I was just eating three pounds of dates a day. (laughs) Oh, I love dates. They're so good. I know. So many carbs and it shoots your insulin up because they're so sugary. But once I get to my goal weight, I told my friends we're having a date party. (laughs) We're getting a huge pile of dates, peanut butter, cashews, chocolate, and I'm going in. You know what I appreciate about you? In Hollywood, if you ask someone how they lose the baby weight, they're oh. like, I, I'm chasing my kid around and I'm breastfeeding and I breastfed and I didn't move a pound. And yeah. it was so frustrating because I had been told by like all these celebrities that all you have to do is breastfeed. It's yeah. actually refreshing that you tell your real diet. Yeah. Because everyone lies. <laughs> well, that's the thing about me is I am like so honest. Like I can't lie. I'm actually like too honest. I can't keep surprises. <laughs> like it's bad. Now that you've had a baby, what's mm-hmm. changed? And I would love to know what's changed during the pregnancy and what's changed after. Oh my gosh. I'm a completely different person after having my baby. It's honestly, so my pregnancy was just awful. I feel for you so much right now <laughs> being pregnant. I'm so over it. Mentally and physically, my pregnancy was awful. The entire time or towards the end? I first found out that I was pregnant, super excited. I always wanted a baby. 
And then I was like, I'm going to celebrate this. Me and my friend, we went to Hawaii and one of my dogs ended up having a tragic accident and passing away, like a really tragic death. And it kicked off this massive just depression. And I think the hormones from the pregnancy, it was a depression that I had never felt in my entire life. And I just spent my entire pregnancy in bed. I quit talking to all my friends. I didn't talk to anyone for 10 months. And I moved to like a house and didn't see anyone you know this, like I just completely isolated myself. It was the most depressing time in my life, but it's given me, but then followed by the day that I gave birth to my son was the best of my life. And (laughs) now I just like, I just love life so much after going through the past, like the 10 months that I had of like isolating and being miserable. I just enjoy everything so much more now. And then my son also, he's bought me so much more joy and helped with any type of depression that I had even prior to pregnancy. It's weird. I sort of always felt like there was like something missing inside of me. And then now that I have him, it's like, it's full. Sorry. No, I still amazing. have I still have the postpartum hormones too. So I I'm was like, crying for a year, so don't worry. I, I, I was I crying I, for a year. I think I cried yesterday because someone was coming here talking about how the kids grew up too fast, and I. Oh my crying, god! Don't so. start me on that. No. I, so I, you said something to me off air. You said your birth was amazing, and I felt mm-hmm. the same way. I was trying to describe it to my husband. I was like, everyone complains about it, but I felt like this intenseness that was almost addicting. Like I, yeah, I want to do it again. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I would love for you to speak on that because no one's ever said that to me back. I mean, it's so hard to explain, but you seem to be someone who also doesn't enjoy pregnancy. (laughs) And so we are just really, really pushing to get to the point of meeting our baby. And so after I got the epidural, I, I also like, it's not like my labor was like great. Like I had to get a full episotomy. I believe that's the word. Like I was cut from my vagina to my butthole and my baby's heart rate kept going oh. down because his cord was wrapped around his neck. But you just love your child so much and you're so excited to meet them that you're like, do whatever it takes, get him out here safe. And as soon as he came out, I just couldn't stop staring at him. Like my eyes just couldn't break from him. I mean, also the epidural and then they inject you with something that's like heroin that might have something to do with why it felt so amazing. The best time. It was the most euphoric like moment in my entire life. I'm not sure if it was because of the baby or the drugs, but it was great. Probably a combination. Yeah. (laughs) When you're cut like that and you're on an epidural, did you feel that? No, my epidural was great and I didn't feel anything after. You're so lucky that you didn't feel that. Prior, because I was also induced. So I drove myself to the hospital for my birth and I gave birth alone. I wanted it that way. No one should feel bad for me. I chose to do that. And so it makes your contractions a thousand times worse when you go through a medical induction and you get Pitocin. So horrible contractions and then epidural. Good. Felt great. You gave birth alone. That's bossy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've never heard anyone say that. What was that like? Um, honestly, so the induction took about 24 hours. It wasn't pain the whole time. Only after my water broke, it was extremely painful. But it was, I mean, it was a little boring. I'm also a workaholic though. So I was like working while I was in like labor and but getting you knew, you like, Did you have a schedule and you knew you were going to go or? Is it... Yeah. So okay. it was a scheduled date. I knew I was going to go. I had like work on my phone that I was doing the whole time. Like I gave birth. Then I got back to working the next day. You're wild. I went on and saw you have a a baby Instagram, like where you give baby tips. Oh, yeah. I ended up taking my child off the internet just because, you know, 
a lot of negativity, not necessarily around him, but if anything happens with me, people like take it out on him too. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. My child's the most important thing to me. He doesn't need to be on the internet. Sometimes it'll happen. Like I did a podcast the other day and he needed me while I was on the podcast. So I bought him on and held him. But other than that, you know, we're not doing any like intentional content with him. I will tell you though, I loved your tips on that page. I was like looking through them. If there's a way for you to like do that page without showing him, that was super informative. You were showing, like I was looking at your highlight, you were showing us like what you were eating, Mm -hmm. you were talking about like how you were walking on the treadmill and I always say that word wrong. And like you were were giving us like the real stuff that you were doing. And it was like a couple days after giving birth. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I got right back into it. Because while I was pregnant, you really, my job is the internet, it's social media, it's producing content, it's selling ads for my Instagram. So I didn't feel like doing it when I was pregnant. You know, you just, I filled up with water so bad, you you know. <laughs> and so I was just pumped to get back to work and just be myself again. However, I do have to say my expectations were unrealistic for my body going back, my mind going back, just feeling like myself again. It takes a lot longer. And I thought, you give birth, you're, boom, I'm gonna be me again. That's not what happened. It's a work in progress and women need to be patient with themselves. It does take a long time. I had postpartum depression and anxiety for like a year. Really? And the only thing that snapped me out of it was mushrooms. (laughs) That's how I snapped out of it. And supplements. And Okay. Yeah, add that in, Michael. (laughs) And supplements. So I've experienced the opposite of postpartum depression, just like extreme, like almost like mania, just extreme happiness. You were, you struggled while you were in it more, like while you were pregnant. While I was pregnant. Yeah. yeah, But I would love to hear like, what was postpartum? Because I hear so many women talk about it, but I've never experienced it. What was it like for you? You get intrusive thoughts. So like I would be in the kitchen and there'd be knives on the table and you think, oh, what it's if the knife? my baby? Yeah. Oh, wait, I have, I had those types of thoughts. That's a, so that's oh. a little bit of postpartum And you can't anxiety. shake them and it's like a fog. And I, you know, I remember we, we were, we rented this house for a period of time and it was like one of the happiest times, at least for like us and our child yeah. and what we were doing. And then Lauren looks back on that period and says like, it was one of the worst times, but it's really? weird. So like I'm having an experience, like one of the best times she's having an experience, one of the worst times. Cause she was so in the postpartum yeah. depression, like she couldn't see clearly but this time i will say the first trimester i felt depressed so i can empathize Mm -hmm. to be depressed like you said in bed for 10 months and isolate yourself that's really hard too and then you're gaining weight and then like it's just yeah the whole thing is it's a lot and i feel like it's not talked about enough it's (laughs) some women enjoy pregnancy for others it's absolutely awful like horrible <laughs> like you're like hashtag it was the worst year of my life and i've been through a lot yeah it was it was it was a lot you have been through a lot i want to go way back with you before okay. people knew who you were before you had any kind of platform or any kind of notoriety okay what was your childhood like so i'm from chicago okay. grew up in chicago just like some of the main points i grew up also with a single mom my parents got divorced while my mom was pregnant with me so she raised me and my sister so much work yeah but she my mom worked full-time she's also a workaholic however my sister has severe mental illness that started to come out when she was like 12 11 years old you're older or younger older sister she's almost four years older than me so that sort of took over my childhood because my mom was always at work my mom's a very smart lady works in it 
like 12 hour, 12 hour days. So when my sister was sick, I would have to, you know, take care of her. I didn't get to really go to school and like study and do those things because I was so busy making sure my sister doesn't kill herself or kill our cat or it's like severe mental illness. It got that bad where you, you, those were real concerns for you. That was like every week there is like a suicide attempt in my home growing up. Was there drugs involved with her or was it mental illness? It's mental illness. So it was sort of like a trickling effect. First, she had symptoms of like pulling out her eyelashes and eyebrows. It's called trichotillomania. We thought no one really knew what it was in my family. We're like, this is weird. As a child, seeing that as well, it was very scary. I thought she looked like a monster and I didn't want to look at my sister. And then next she developed an eating disorder, anorexia and bulimia. And so my parents are like concerned at this point. They're like, okay, she's pulling out her hair. She's not eating. She looks very strange. No offense to her. And then came the suicide attempts. And then that's when they were like, okay, this girl needs to go to the hospital. Got diagnosed as bipolar first. And then after 18, she just really disassociated and started, it was obvious that it was schizophrenia at that point. So what triggers that? Is that something that that happens from trauma when you're little, or is it just something that's, that's hereditary? I, I think that you have to have either the chemical imbalance or something, not a scientist, but you know, it already has to be the way that your brain is wired or a chemical imbalance. And then it can be triggered by traumatic events. My sister struggled so bad when she, when she was around the same age with a horrible addiction, a heroin addiction that, that lasted years and years. And with yeah. my family, one of my, my, my parents were very focused on her and helping her. And so it kind of, in a way, sometimes like I got not, I didn't, I didn't get left by the west, the wayside, but like, it's hard when the parents are so focused on the problem. Did you feel like that too? For me, it was more so her mental illness was so draining and traumatizing for me that I felt like, can you guys please keep her in the hospital so I don't have to call the police every day and stop her from killing herself? So I didn't even think about like, oh, I'm not getting attention or this is going on. I just wanted her in an appropriate place so I wasn't responsible for her anymore. You were just being overwhelmed by having to take care of her all the time or worry yeah, about her all the time. and I didn't know how to, like, you don't know how to speak up at that age. And the school would ask me like, oh, are things okay at home? And I didn't want to get taken away or anything. So I would tell them, oh, no, it's fine. Like, everything's fine. So now in, in your life today, mm-hmm. are you more into chaotic situations or are you more into being like calm and zen? Because it goes either way, I feel like. Yeah, so I need everything to be calm and zen because of my upbringing. Can't handle any type of stress. If something's stressful, I eliminate it immediately. That's how I feel. I feel the same way. I like that part of me, I think sometimes will try to like go to that chaotic place with him. But I, for the most part, need my environment to be like calm. Well, we just had somebody on here, really smart guy. And he was talking about, you know, sometimes people have a tendency to go to what's familiar. So if you've had an upbringing that's chaotic, you will end up doing chaotic things in your adult life or like, you know, or going towards those places, which could be counterproductive, obviously, as you become an adult. Yeah, I've done everything to get away from that and remove myself from toxic situations, chaotic situations. I can't stand it. I need to live in peace. When your sister was out of the house, was it better? I think I ended up leaving the house before her. 
Yeah, because I'm just as soon as I turned 18, 17, even I was like, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Did you move to L.A.? At 19, I moved to L.A. for the first time. I actually went to, so I started getting in like trouble when I was 15, 14. I think to get out of the home, I just wanted some acceptance and friends. So I got involved with the wrong people who were, I'm from Chicago as well. So like gangs and like drugs and just crime is really prevalent there. And most of the youth are going to juvie or prison before 18 years old. So I actually went to prison when I was 16 to 17. So for a was full it a, year. A, a prison or was it like a juvenile center? So it was one step up from a juvenile center. It was a prison for people under 21. Zakara, it's helping you feel and eat your best. As you know, I take their detox drops. It's chlorophyll every single morning with their beauty minerals. I put them in my water. It's so easy. They come in these chic little bottles. You put a couple drops in and it helps with so many things like blood circulation, energy, immune system, all the things. But recently I wanted to try their menu. So I had them send me a couple of things on their meal plan. And boy, oh boy, was I blown away. First of all, they have like a French lentil soup, which was so delicious. I squeezed lemon in it and put some cayenne on top. It was insane. And then they also have this like beauty blend salad. It's absolutely beautiful. I've never seen anything like it when it comes to a meal delivery service. It had like avocado berries, seasonal vegetables, even like a spirulina vinaigrette. So they're very much about wellness. And then the other thing I had that I was blown away about was the sweet potato and avocado ceviche. It had like hearts of palm in it for fiber and then pico de gallo. And then it had a chia tortilla. I am so impressed with their organic high quality ingredients. Everything is designed to reduce bloat. It's easy on your digestion. It's designed for clear skin and boosted energy. And not only that, they really use superfood ingredients. It's like very, very high quality. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. I would highly recommend getting their detox drops and the beauty water drops. You got to have those. And if you're looking for a meal delivery service delivered right to your door with powerful plant-rich ingredients, check them out. They have all the things. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when they go to sakara.com slash skinny. You can also enter code skinny at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash skinny. You get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash skinny. You went to a prison. What was that like? Is that what like what we think in our head? It's like like a stereotypical prison or was it different? It was a stereotypical prison. However, what I had going on at home was far worse than being in prison. So it was actually a healing experience for me. And I had counselors that helped me work through my issues, teachers who genuinely cared about me. It was the first time that I felt that I had parental guidance and didn't have to deal with stress. Like sure, there were sometimes riots or like girls fighting and that, but what was going on at my home when I was a child was worse. That is wild. Yeah. It was almost a relief to be there. Yeah, it was a relief. And then I did not go home after I got out. I was 17. I got a job. I rented a room from this Asian family. They're renting a room and I supported myself from that point forward. So at what point did you decide to come to LA? And did you come to LA with the intention of 
getting famous or was it nothing like that? I came to LA for the first time to shoot pornography. And how did you even know to look for that there? Like, was it something you sought out or did it come to you? So I, to support myself, when I got out of prison as a minor, I got a job at the Tilted Kill. It's like Hooters. I did that until I turned 18. And then I started working as a dancer at a strip club. Was that fun? It gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah, I, I bet. I didn't think that I was like attractive or pretty or like no like guys would like think that I was attractive. You have boy, your boyfriends on and off in, in high school or middle school? Or, or I had no? like one boyfriend, okay. but I wasn't like a popular girl or anything. And I, I didn't really get to go to school that much. So the kids that I was hanging out with were like older people already in their 20s at that point. I never went to, actually, I quit going to school in eighth grade. So it sounds like you didn't, I mean, in a eighth lot of ways, grade. Yeah. you didn't really get to have a full like childhood. Yeah, which sucks sometimes. And I like doing, I feel like I regress sometimes. Like I like drinking juice boxes and like doing like innocent things because it makes me feel. Because you grew up really fast. Yeah, I grew up faster than I would have liked. Eighth grade, you stopped going to school. Mm -hmm. So you, when you also went to jail, you also got the education too aspect. Yeah. They were like, here's a high school equivalency test. I took that. I passed that college level. It's pretty impressive. And we're going to get to this, that you stopped school in eighth grade and you've built this massive like empire and it's business and everything. I mean, that's pretty cool. Inspiring for someone who maybe someone's listening who dropped out of school. Well, it sounds like, I mean, like the, the path hasn't always been the easiest path, but you've figured out how to find success even amongst all of this chaos, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I've always been extremely resilient and just, I think from all the struggle, tenacious. So when I want something, I go and get it. Obviously, I'm never one to step on anyone's toes. I work very hard for everything that I have. I, she knows my manager is here. Like I'm a very hard worker. So when I decide that I want to do something, for example, I thought that when I was younger, I thought that porn was for me found out very quickly that it wasn't. I said, okay, what am I going to do next? I met someone who did Instagram. I was like, I'm going to do Instagram. They get paid more than I do for taking a picture and I'm doing something that I really don't like doing. I want to talk about that because I saw a quote, I'm going to misquote you, but you said something like you saw what people that were creating content online were getting getting paid compared Mm -hmm. to what you were getting paid as an adult star. And I think it's relevant to talk about because it sounds like there's a brighter light that could be shined on this industry and the way some of these women, well, I guess, and men are being treated, one, from a compensation standpoint, and two, mm-hmm. um, from a career standpoint. Like, it yeah. seems like people are, a lot of people are being taken advantage of. Oh, yeah. So for reference, at the time, I was one of the most popular girls getting booked the most. I was getting $1,200 a scene. I met a low-level YouTuber, Instagram guy, not the ones that people know that I associate with now, he was getting $15,000 to post a picture on Instagram. I was Which like, is crazy because you're ch- shooting a full sex scene. He's taking a picture and you're yeah. getting paid 10% of what he would. Uh, yeah, that. but I want to As... go back. When you when you decided, hey, I want to go into the porn industry, was there anything that, that did you, first of all, did you want to do it on your own accord? No one was making you. And second, when you did do it, was there anything sparkly about it at first or was it always dark side? Yeah. So the whole reason why I thought that it was a good idea was because when I had these things going on at home when I was a kid, I found this show called The Girls Next Door of Playboy. And I work with Playboy now. It's a completely different brand than it was then. 
But I watched the show and I was like, oh my gosh, like Kendra and Holly, their lives look so glamorous compared to mine. You know, I'm I'm here like trying to stop my sister from committing suicide every day. And I could be jumping on a trampoline into a pool at like this big mansion. And so it looked great. And by the time that I was 18, glamour modeling and like Playboy wasn't really like a thing where you could make money or a career anymore. So I guess the next thing was porn. So I was like, okay, that's how I'm going to get this lifestyle that I want. I never really, I was very young at the time. So I was 19, 19 years old. I never thought like, I also had only slept with one person at this point. So I was very sexually inexperienced. You slept with one person. One person. That's wild. And for whatever reason, I never comprehended like to do porn, you actually have to have sex with people. It was just the idea of, oh, okay, I'm going to be like Anna Nicole Smith or I'm going to be like Holly Madison or this person. It was like an idea in my head, but I wasn't mature enough to realize what actually went into it. And very, very quickly I realized this isn't for me. So the first time you go and do something, do you have anxiety? Like I would, I felt, I feel like I would have to like have a little bit of tequila or something. So I also did all of the sober for a long time. I didn't drink after, because I had, when I was younger, I really had a great healing experience from going to prison. And they obviously, the people that I looked up to there told me like no drinking, no drugs. So I did all of this sober. Wow. Yeah. It was mostly just bad judgment because of my age. Were other people that you were on set with though drinking drugs or is it not like I've I've read books I've read Jen Jameson's book which is incredible yeah. everyone should read that it's such a good book yeah I think porn the porn industry is infested with drugs and alcohol abuse and it definitely can drive people to that maybe though why you were so successful is because one of the reasons obviously you're beautiful it seems like you're very smart also not drinking and using drugs maybe really worked to your advantage yeah and also it's just. I think if you wake up, depending, no matter what you do, if you want something, you wake up every day and you work towards it, like you're going to get it. So like for me, I had like, I would go to porn set and I had like a binder with like my tests, my tests printed out for the day, like very organized, professional, all the directors loved me. Like I've always just been an extremely hard worker. And so that's what I attribute to any success that I have in life. Let's blow the cover off porn. How real is it? 100% fake. So, <laughs> Taylor's dying. Taylor's yeah. dying right now. Sorry, Taylor. You're, you're Sorry, cool. Taylor. It's it's like circus acts. Like as a performer, when I was doing it, it was like, what face can I make? What sound can I make? What can I do in this movie to make it the best one? Because like, I don't even like having sex. Honestly, I'm pretty much asexual. You're asexual in real life? Pretty much. Like I never hook up with people. I don't find people attractive. And I've always been like that. It's not like there was like a change after doing porn. You just broke so many girls and guys' <laughs> hearts. Everyone's I'm just not a very sexual person. Do honestly. you understand Taylor's crying right now in the back? There's a bucket. I wore, I wore this leather jacket for nothing. He wore this leather oh, jacket. No. Sorry. You should have done Y2K then maybe. Oh, you maybe had a <laughs> chance. What the hell is Y2K? Am I too old? Do I not? That's Y2K. It's like 2000. Like Oh, yeah, maybe I am too old. It's like seventh grade. Like how we dressed in seventh grade. Is that how old we were then? Maybe, maybe ninth grade. It's so popular right now. So it's, so the porn industry is so fake. You're breaking like everyone's heart. I mean, I'm sure there's people that actually like it. It just, I am how I am and I'm not like a very sexual person. So for me, it was what can I do to make 
this director happy or these fans happy or win this award for this director. It's always just been about work for me. And how long is the stint of porn or how long were you doing porn? Only eight months. Okay, so it's quick. That is quick. That's very quick. So for the You skyrocketed though. Yeah. That's crazy that you only did it for eight months and you became I think you like were like one of the most popular. I think I'm still like number one on like all porn sites. You are. I just checked. It's it's crazy (laughs) to make one decision when you're 19 years old and then, you know, become the biggest porn star in the world when you didn't mean to do that. But that's why I think I think that you're so interesting because you almost leveraged the experience in, in a in a way to like build your own empire yeah Yeah, it's like it's smart which that's why i can never say like i regret any of my choices like sure i'm not super proud of it i personally do not condone boy girl sex scenes or pornography i think it's very bad for the girls and i just don't like the industry at all why do you i I want you to talk about that why do you think it's bad because i i think that from your perspective someone who's actually done it people hear that and they might not fully understand what it's like to participate. I mean, essentially you're having to have sex with people that you didn't choose to have sex with that you might not find attractive. You might actually think that they're disgusting and you have to have sex with them because it's your job. Imagine so you don't, get being, a, you don't like get to say, okay, I'm in the scene with this person. Like they do. Not, just... not really. And sometimes you don't even know who you're going to set to do that with. And how should a 19 year old girl be put in that position having to have sex with people that they don't really don't want to touch their body at all. And so I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's great. No. If you could wave your magic wand after everything you've been through with that industry, what parameters would you put on it or would you just make it disappear? I would say now there's so many resources for girls to do like OnlyFans and control their own content. I would say go that route. Don't do something where other people are telling you what to do with your body and controlling you. Is there anyone you met throughout doing it that you were like, this is fun and I'm attracted to them? Or was it really, you were just like, this is a job. I'm in with my briefcase out with it. I dated one guy who I, who was like a director and also a performer. Only one. Only one, yeah. And if you had your preference, did you prefer to do girl, boy, girl? Like, was there a preference? Because I feel like for if it was me, I don't think I could do like, I don't, I think two dicks would be way too much for me. Oh my God. I could, I would rather do it with yeah, a girl. I, I think people should just, you know, stick to like one dick, like missionary. <laughs> you know? Missionary is underrated. Missionary is the best position. Missionary is an underrated position. Taylor, did you hear that scene? Boys, I just want to let I you know. I love missionaries. Are you kidding me? Out, we're out here trying to get too fancy. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you guys do yeah, get a little it, fancy. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah, missionary is like really nice for the girl. It's, I like missionary. Yeah, you. I'm sure you like everything, but I'm just saying, missionary <laughs> is like it's, that's it's, how you got her in this position. Yeah, I know that's that's uh, why number two. So, <laughs> is there anything else if you could shine a light on that industry on the dark side of it? Maybe shine a light isn't the right word, but showcase like the dark side of it that you would point to, maybe point out to people that they don't know. I feel that a lot of girls, like my younger self, see, you know, they could even look at me on Instagram now and be like, oh, I want to be like her. This is what she did to get where she is. There's so many other ways. I really believe that if you can make it on social media, you can make it on Instagram, you can make it on TV. Like you don't need to do porn to do that because you probably won't make it in porn either. I've had so many friends and girlfriends who thought porn was a good idea and they don't end up with the same outcome as me. They end up with a bunch of 
videos of them getting fucked on the internet for their family to see. They make no money and it's over for them. Like what percentage of people that do porn do you think find success like you found? I mean, like, one you're, perc- you're one like probably top, 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 but like, okay, 1% or less. Yeah. So, so the majority of people end up doing this. And like you said, they don't have a great outcome. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it's horrible. I can't imagine having everyone see me naked and what they're able to see of me and not having gotten what I have out of it and not having the life that I have. I can't imagine having to go to school after and be harassed or having to work a normal job. And then your boss finding out, you know, that they can see your tits online. Like that just seems like a nightmare to me. Now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Therapy is all the rage right now. If you're on TikTok, you know this. And I think that's amazing because people are normalizing it and taking the tabooness out of it. Enter BetterHelp. It's the new age version of therapy. BetterHelp is an online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions. They're with a therapist. And what I think is so amazing is if you don't want to do video, you could do the phone. So you don't have to see anyone on camera. It's so much more affordable than in-person therapy. I wish I had this when I was 18 and struggling. It's so seamless and efficient and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So if you're feeling low or you have the Sunday scaries or you're having a breakdown or you're burnt out, you can go on their site, you can book a therapist and you will be matched in 48 hours. It's very important to take care of the mind. If you know anything from this podcast, we always stress the importance of mental health. We're all about that toolbox. So whether it's getting your supplements in or having a morning routine or focusing on hot, cold therapy or therapy in general, it is important to prioritize you because self-care is prioritizing yourself so you can show up effectively. Our listeners get 10% off their first month. You're going to go to betterhelp.com slash skinny. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash skinny. Our listeners get 10% off their first month. You're going to go to betterhelp.com slash skinny. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash skinny. And let me tell you, it really is a therapist at your fingertips. Is it hard for you just so everyday life, we're talking about going to air one, do people stop you for that reason? Like, oh. A lot of people know me. So like porn, honestly, I don't really talk about it that much anymore. It's been over half a decade. So a lot of it's like, oh, we've seen you in the vlog. We've seen you in they the know podcast. You for other yeah, now. I feel we like know I know you Instagram. from like YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So people know me in a lot more like PG-13 way now. Like um, influencer-y, but, but, but like saying a, the, top tier influencer. You're saying yeah. some of these other girls that haven't found that, like that's basically what they get known for. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't imagine having to deal with that and then also having to live like a normal life when you thought you were going to get success. And for me, I'm lucky because if I'm in a position or I'm around people that I don't want to be around because they treat me a certain way because of my past, I can just be like, sorry, not messing with you. Yeah. Like I'm in an extremely well position in my life to do whatever I want have my baby, do the jobs that I want now, work in clothing. Going back to porn, I just, I don't think that it's good for anyone. They should make it illegal. (laughs) Wow. You know what though? It's honest. Yeah. Was the epiphany for you to get out of porn when that person told you how much they were making on Instagram? Was that your final straw? Yeah. I already wanted to quit. I just didn't know how to say no. Yeah. And then I met this guy and I was like, okay, this is a way out. I'm going to do what he did. And I essentially grew an Instagram account from 
zero followers. I started one to, I think like 8 million. And then I met Logan and Mike. I started doing YouTube and then obviously took off even more from there. And now just so if you guys are wondering, she's at 16 million followers on Instagram, which is absolutely wild. And it just came from like one thought of, okay, I'm going to quit porn and I want to become an influencer. And then it's turned into something much more. I'm a business owner now. I'm, you know, I'm doing so much. Even I don't even have to post on Instagram anymore to make money. So, and for this so audience, cool. when you say Logan Paul and his manager Mike, and you, oh, Mike's not his manager. What, is it? what are they're, they? They're like best friends. So are we Mike, old? <laughs> Listen, you're talk, imagine that I'm like eight thousand years old almost. So I'm like, so Logan Paul, know who he is? Mike, yeah. I thought he was a manager. I don't know what he is. Friend. No, yeah, they were like friends and they lived together. And then Mike had a YouTube channel and we turned it into a couple's channel and it really blew up. Um, He got super famous from it. I got more accepted in a mainstream way from it. So it was really a mutual collaboration. So people stop looking at you as that version of yourself and it's like, okay, you're you're a digital content creator. Yes. Okay. Okay. So when you hopped into doing influencing, did you like it right away? It was more so, okay, I need to reach this goal on my Instagram and then I'll get a brand deal. And it just sort of kept going from there. And I, yeah, at first it was just like, I would love to get sponsored by Fashion Nova. And then I put in a year of work and then they eventually reached out to me and sponsored me. I was one of the first adult stars to start getting brand deals. That's cool. Have yeah. you feel like that's opened doors for other people who are in the porn industry that wanted to get out? Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think I led the way sort of for sort of like a blueprint for girls who made the same choices that I made that want other options. And I've also, I think, made it more acceptable for brands to work with other girls. I'm happy about that with the brands because it seems like it seems like it's getting better and better. At first, it was like I felt like they only were going for like these really cookie cutter girls. Yeah. And now it's it's changing and evolving, which is nice. Yeah. Well, now look at this girl, Chloe Cherry. She was on Euphoria. She was a porn girl. Now she's walking in all the runway shows at Fashion Week, getting covers. Like, I think the world is starting to be more accepting of past and present sex workers, which is great because a lot of these girls, they're 18, 19 years old. They don't really don't know what they're doing and they're making a lifelong decision and they don't deserve to be punished for that for the rest of their life. No, I can see I can see how you would fall into that at a young age. It makes sense, especially when you're 18 and $1,200 when you're 18. When I was 18, that yeah. was a lot of money. $100 was a lot. How, yeah. how hard is it to leave? Like say, and I mean, not just make the decision to leave, but to actually leave. Like, because, you know, some of these girls are so young and I'm sure there's people making decisions in that world mm-hmm. that sometimes make it harder for these women to just kind of just like, it's not like just quitting a job, you know, someone wants to quit this office, like, yeah, hey, okay, bye. See you. But in that industry, how easy is it to leave if you want to? So you have like a, what's it called? It's not a manager, it's a agent. And if you're like a popular girl, like I was, you have months and months booked up and you're like, I want to quit. They're like, you can't quit. We have this many shoots. You're like letting everyone down. So like they put a lot of pressure on you, mm-hmm. but you have to be your own best advocate, which also is really hard for girls in that age range to say no. I I feel like that's just a woman issue in general. You're not really taught from a young age how to say no, especially to older men. And a lot of girls just even outside of that industry, 
I noticed the same thing with. It's a universal issue among women just not being taught how to be their best advocate at a young age and say no. I heard somewhere, and I don't know if this is true, that you that you took the money that you've made from porn and you grew it and you invested properly. Is that true or is that not true? Um, I really didn't have any money when I quit porn. I had less than $100,000. Maybe I heard after you did porn that you started that you started in, like well, really like, letting your money work for you. That's what really interesting me. So you could be the number one at the top it's in that wild. space that's so and quit up. and still not be anywhere near what some of the people in the, you know, just entry level positions of this field. That be. is so, yeah. that that is so crazy to me. Like, and we're talking yeah. like, I mean, how many views total do you think your work's brought in? I mean, billions, billions. billions. Yeah. Like, I honestly think people should get paid per view. Like, yeah. like how friends gets paid. <laughs> friends gets paid for reruns. Like why? That's not fair. Someone needs to like advocate for this profession. Well, I more. think what's happened is yeah. like you said, platforms like OnlyFans have kind of put some of the monetary incentive back yeah. in the hands of it individuals puts power back into the girls which is i think excellent those websites own the with their subscriptions they make all the money continuously off of you, the work that everyone else does yeah and you were just paid a flat rate right that's so, true aren't you a subscriber yeah taylor what are you doing yeah. yeah of course i've dabbled in hundreds you've dabbled <laughs> yeah your mouse his mouse and his mouse pads ruined because he's scrolled so much <laughs> but that is sad i've always i've always thought about that that it's the, the work you everybody that makes the scenes the guys and the girls are they're the draw to everybody to paying for these sites but then you only get you get paid potatoes or is it is it beans well i don't know you get paid nothing compared nothing. to to compared to what the whoever the owner of the websites are yeah OnlyFans. Tell me about OnlyFans, how girls can use it to their advantage in this day and age like what would you recommend and so, how I mean, do you use it so I don't use OnlyFans. So I really, truly have really no involvement in anything adult for like over half a decade now. However, I am part owner in Playboy's new platform called Centerfolds. It's a similar type thing. Just we don't allow like sex or penetration. You can show like nudity. It's, it's very tasteful. So I'm happy to be a part of that with Playboy and Centerfolds. I really can't give any advice on OnlyFans because I truly, I never really was, it was kind of like a joke on YouTube that I was like an OnlyFans girl for like the vlogs and stuff, but I don't like even post nudes or anything. But you just think that if girls are thinking about potentially going down the porn path, you would steer them towards that path yeah, instead? Yeah, I think that's definitely a lot better, you know, in case they change their mind and also just being in charge of yourself and your own money and your body. Michael was telling me that the Cash Me Outside girl made $56 million from OnlyFans last year. Is yeah. that correct? Really? Yeah, so I was quitting the show and I'm going over there. I'm gonna... What's wild to me is that if you were on OnlyFans, like the amount of money that you can make is crazy, but it's so cool that you're advocating for Centerfold. That's the Playboy. Yeah. Is it an app? In the Apple App Store, they don't allow any type of nudity or adult content. Okay. OnlyFans used to have an app, but then it was like, Apple was like, no way, Jose, we, <laughs> this is for children, like <laughs> the app store is for children, basically. So it's not an app. It's a website, just like OnlyFans. You subscribe. We've got Cardi B on there. We've got Amber Rose, Amanda Cerny, like tons of celebrities, basically. That's cool. Yeah. And smaller creators. What are things in your business now that people wouldn't know about you? Because I think you're very multifaceted when it comes mm -hmm. to business. What are some things that you do that people would be like surprised? 
I'm dabbling a lot in clothing this year. Playboy also owns a few companies that a lot of girls know, like Honey Burdette, Yandy. So I've designed lingerie lines for Yandy. We have other stuff coming up this year. I'm also developing my own swimwear line. Might be doing something in like the world of keto when it comes to diet. So yeah, I do. I do a lot. I love creating products, whether it's clothing, lingerie, swimsuits, toys, food. For me, just being creative in any way is exciting for me and bringing new things into the world. And as a mother, what is your day-to-day, like your morning routine, your nighttime routine? Do you do anything super wellnessy? You obviously eat very clean. Yeah. Being a mom, my baby is probably the chillest baby in the world. He doesn't cry unless he's hungry. We're on a very loose schedule. I know some moms are like, oh, he needs a nap at this time. The only thing that we do at particular times is feeding, but he usually lets me know when he wants to eat, which is like every three hours. So I'm just like, I let him do whatever he wants. We don't really have a schedule. He'll usually fall asleep at 9 p.m. If he doesn't, that's fine. We'll watch a movie together. My baby's like like an adult already. He's awesome. <laughs> We're the same way. We don't really have a schedule. Yeah, It's, it's easier to, to just just treat them kind of with an energy of an adult. I know what you're saying. Yeah. The babies like it when you treat them like an adult and like respect them. That's, that's one thing that I think too, that I'm really passionate about is I feel in America and even other countries, children are almost treated like third class citizens. They don't get to make their own choices. And so for me, it's really important besides my son's education. I want him to be extremely educated and set him up for being an adult But other than that, he can make all of his own choices because I felt that I wouldn't have been in the situations that I was in as a child if like our opinions were respected. If I was able to say, hey, I shouldn't have to be around my sister when she's acting like this, but no one respected that. It was just your child, you're doing this. And so for my son, I I just want to treat him like he's already an adult and he can make all his own choices, even though he's only four months old. Besides education, like for me, if my son like does something bad, I'll be like, you can come out of your room after you learn the French alphabet. Like like I just care about him being set up for life as an adult and that's it. Well, it sounds like in a lot of ways in your childhood, you were treated like a child, but then put in positions where you had to be an adult. Yeah. Which is, that's no fun. No, no, that's no fun. I think that it's that also I saw something on your Instagram where you're like bringing him to restaurants. We're the same way. It's like, yeah, if, if you don't, if you, in my opinion, if you create all these parameters around it, like giving them choices and bringing them into your environment instead of adapting to their environment. Yeah. For me, listen, everyone's different. You got to do what works for you. But yeah. for me, that that's what works best for well, us. Well, too. Our attitude was like our child was coming into our life. Like we weren't going to create a whole new life around. I mean, we are mm-hmm. obviously we, we're parents. We create a new life. But meaning like she is going to come to dinners with us. She's going to travel with us. She's going to, yeah. you know, and be I a, think it's so much better for the child as well. That's partly why my baby is so like great in every environment can take him anywhere because I have been since he was a week old. We flew to London exactly when he did. was a month old. We went to a three Michelin star restaurant and all the chefs at the the chef's table were holding him and like we took pictures. He's He's been everywhere already and he's everyone, I get so many compliments because he's so mm-hmm. good. And I think it's the exposure. 100%. And, People are like, oh, it's a pandemic right now. Your baby shouldn't be on a flight at this age or shouldn't go to the restaurant. 
He's never been sick. I make this argument all the time, but it's true. We live in the most interesting times, probably the best time to be alive. What other time could you take your actual blood work, put it into a database, and measure it for the most optimal results for your body? Well, you can do that now. You guys have been wondering what you do once you get your blood work. I've talked about doing a blood work on this show multiple times and the benefits of understanding what you need to supplement for, what your vitamin levels are, where your hormones are. You can do this with your doctor, get a yearly physical. You can go into a facility and just get your blood work. But the question is, what do you then do with it after? Well, you put it in Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is a platform that helps you measure your blood work, your hormones, your vitamin levels, your supplements that you need in your body to completely optimize your system. So when it comes to your health and your longevity, you hold nothing back. You understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go that extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build strength, speed, recovery, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. Guys, I love this platform so much because it's an actual database where you can take your blood work, your supplement levels, your nutrition, and measure it month by month, quarter by quarter, year by year. And then you can improve as you go along because you know exactly what your body needs. We go aimlessly and look at all these supplements and don't know what to take and don't know what our body needs. So when you do your blood work with a doctor or at a facility and then send it into Inside Tracker, you can measure exactly what you need. For a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash skinny. That's insidetracker.com forward slash skinny, guys. This is the platform to use. Cheers. I had a baby in January, 2020. Mine's a January baby too, but 22. What? 22. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is that Aquarius? Cappy. So as an Aquarius, maybe they can date one day, <laughs> but everyone was like, you're crazy. Cause the pandemic hit in March and we yeah. were just like traveling and living life normally. Yeah. You got to build your the life. immune Don't system. Kinda, yeah. That's what I think too. Building the immune system. And I know myself, I have typo positive blood. My son does as well. It supposedly has we better, all the same. We have the same blood, all of us. Better built-in immunity, so you don't get sick as often. Also, don't quote me on this, but I have read articles that it makes it harder for you to catch the coronavirus. So I just personally wasn't really worried. I got the vaccines while I was pregnant to give him the antibodies, and we're good. Well, you know what? The great thing about living in America is you can raise your kid how you want to raise your kid and yes. anyone who's judgy about it can and everyone out. else can yell about it and everyone yeah. else can yell about it yeah what are some things that you do throughout the week for your business are meaning are you creating content on Tuesdays and shooting videos on Wednesdays are you doing conference calls on Thursdays how do you structure your week I work like a psycho so I wake up at like 6 30 I'm obsessed with organizing things like in keynotes. And so I have, I just hired a new assistant, but I'll wake up and I'll give her all her tasks for the day. And I put it in like a collaborator's keynote. Then I drive to a meeting. Then I have another meeting. I literally go from like 6am to 9pm when I go to sleep. And I try to bring Milo, my baby ever with me. He didn't get to come to this today just because I had a photo shoot right before. I couldn't get him ready in time to bring with. 
That is crazy that you go that long and you're like doing your diet at the same time. It makes it easier. Oh, that makes sense because yeah, you're, you're busy. busy. Yeah. Otherwise I'd be shoving my face with dates. You know what? I had three dates this morning and now I'm... They help with labor, right? They're supposed that's to induce labor. That's Has anyone been eating so many dates? Yes. They, you didn't know? They make it. Can I be honest? I put cashews in them. So good. Oh, with a piece of huge chocolate on top. Oh I didn't gosh. even know um, dates were a thing until like six years ago. Dates are full of magnesium and potassium, but you are right. Like they do, they do pack on the <laughs> They do because it shoots up your sugar. insulin levels because there's so much sugar. They're it's, so good. There's, please don't remind me. You know what? But that's going to be my treat once I finish losing all the weight. There's this girl on Instagram that she's like a vegan Aussie blogger. And the Freely she, the Banana Girl. It, it, maybe it's her. She makes caramel out of dates. Like she takes the dates and like, like processes it and it tastes like caramel and she'll sprinkle the caramel over the fruit. It's so good. No, sorry, I shouldn't be talking about this when you're yeah, on I'm diet. diet. Don't worry, I'll eat enough dates for both of us. Super, yeah, super please. intense diet. Yeah. Favorite thing in the world is dates. Jeez. I know what I'm talking about, caramel dates. Sorry. I, no, I remember this girl maybe like 10 years ago who was on Instagram and she was like on this fruit diet and all that she used to eat was like bananas and dates. And now like seeing how I couldn't lose weight while eating like fruits. I'm like, how is she so skinny? Because this girl's metabolism, different metabolism probably, but you look really good. So I don't think you should be hard on yourself. Oh, I mean, I'm, it's a work in progress and it's been hard work, but I'm getting there. I mean, four months after having a baby, it took me like a year and a half to lose my pregnancy weight. And then this motherfucker got me pregnant again. How do you think that feels? You, you literally work your ass off to get back in fighting shape. Yeah. And he comes around me and it's like, oh, here well, we go again. That's what happened again because you started looking too good. Oh. Yeah, I was chasing her down. Listen, <laughs> there, there was a moment in time there when I wasn't stopping. No, you weren't leaving me alone. It was like, it was annoying. And now like, it, I don't, you don't have to do any of the heavy lifting. I have to do everything. I didn't, I didn't make the rules. He complained he, about his hair hurting the other day. Well, <gasps> it wasn't my hair. It was, um. It was under my head, but my his, was like, okay. His hair hurt, God. and then also it, the rain was making him feel like I would, I would run you over with my car if I was pregnant. Hey, and you were complaining about uh, that. A girl did that to me one time. Really? <laughs> that would yes. be me. I'd drive over you with my bra. I flipped over the windshield, though. I, I, I survived. What's something that you want the world to know about you that they don't know? I wonder if that girl's going to listen to this and be like, fuck. She's probably listening. Honestly, I do not. I've gotten to the point. I think becoming a mother, I don't care what the world thinks anymore. I used to think, oh, I made these mistakes doing porn or doing this or not completing my education. I need to prove myself. I don't care anymore. I'm extremely happy with myself. I know who I am and that's all that matters. There's nothing that anyone else needs to think about me. That is amazing. You have to tell her, because I'm going to flub it, what Ed Milet said about the person that helped his father. Well, he was just saying like, so his, I'm going to flub the story, but he was saying his, his father was an addict mm -hmm. and eventually healed. But he was saying that the person who healed him was also a very flawed person. Someone who had like a lot of, you know, addiction in their own life, maybe had a lot yeah. of struggles. And no, he said he personally doesn't know who that person was, but it took a kind of a vulnerable, broken person who also had a ton of problems who you would never think would help someone yeah. be able to help his dad and that extrapolated into his dad helping him. And now Ed helps all these other people. He's like, you never know. Like, it doesn't matter, you know, what people think. Like, you could be any kind of person and inspire somebody or help somebody or, or whatever. How that story is relevant to what you're saying is like, what's so cool about like what you're doing better, is you're doing now this thing with Playboy that's going to help 
all of these women because of your past. My dad told mm-hmm. me something better though when I was a kid. He said, listen, son, he's like, the coyotes howl and the caravan keeps moving. <laughs> Meaning like, who gives a shit what they say? It's, and it's true. It's hard to get to that. that. It's hard to get to that point though for a lot of people. But I do have to say with, like you mentioned, being a service to others, that's actually something that's helped me a lot with my own struggles and depression. I think, and this is something that I recommend to everyone. Obviously there's chemical imbalances and stuff that are out of your control. But if you feel unhappy, what really helps me feel happy is helping other people. Like even if it's just you're walking down the street and you can brighten someone else's day by being a a sweet and kind person to them, it makes you feel better to help other people. Even if that sounds selfish, by helping other people, you help yourself. This is something that I feel like so many people don't talk about, which is so wild because so many people have a vagina and that is holistic feminine care. Also wellness solutions that help millions of women feel confident and comfortable. There is nothing wrong with wanting your vagina to smell good. (laughs) And when you're out and about and it's summer, things are real hot in Austin, you want to be able to have something on hand and they have this cucumber spray. It doesn't smell too strong. It doesn't mask the odor. It just sort of neutralizes it. So it's holistic and it has like a natural peptide and amino acid in it. And what this does is it neutralizes odor. So if you're out and about, like I said, it's hot, you're running around, put this in your gym bag. The bottle is super inconspicuous. Okay. So it doesn't say like vagina spray on it, right? It says like holistic feminine deodorant spray. It's cucumber scented. Like I said, it's vegan, paraben free and cruelty free. You can use it day or night. So you could use it before you're going in the bedroom. You could use it when you wake up, after the gym, before happy hour, whatever you want. Just hold the bottle eight to 12 inches from your vagina and give it a little spritz. You should also know that on the site, they have all different kinds of wellness solutions for the vagina. They have things like foam wash, moisturizing suppositories, a bunch of holistic solutions for vaginal odor, and also things that moisturize your vagina. So PhD Feminine Health, has it going on. You got to check them out if you have a vagina. PhD believes that vaginal care is crucial to your overall well-being. Register now at phdfeminineinhealth.com slash win and you receive a free summer gift basket. This contains lifestyle products, a retail value of over $100 plus a $500 Visa gift card. You are going to go to phdfeminineinhealth.com slash win and also get 20% off all products right now. Just use code skinny phdfeminineinhealth.com slash win. I think a lot of men and women probably look to you as somebody like, they look at you and they're like, man, look at this life she had in in the adult film industry. Mm -hmm. Look at what she's done in social. And they probably look at you as a source of inspiration. And maybe they Mm -hmm. think following a similar path is going to get them there. And I think you talking like this so openly. Yeah, it's cool. It's helping yeah. probably a lot of people, maybe people we never even know, yeah, right? Like well, they hear your that's, story. That's the only reason why I do it. Like I don't need to talk about something that, you know, I'm a, I'm ashamed that I did porn. I don't I don't need to talk, keep talking about it though, but I do just because I think it is important for girls just to hear that side, you know, so they can make an educated choice. Sure, if I maybe had heard that prior, I might not have listened because... They say smart people learn from other people's mistakes. Fools learn from their own. It was very much a 
fool in most of my decisions. But that is why I keep talking about it and why I'm open to sharing. Because if you can just help one person, it, it really does matter. Even with all the success that you've had, you're an incredible mother now, businesswoman, you're working with Playboy, you still look back on that and you still feel ashamed? Yeah, I don't like the fact that people can see me naked on the internet or can see those things happening to me. I think that it's gross. That is crazy that you can can build this whole life and you still feel ashamed. I mean, I'm I'm proud of myself and what I've done and and I wouldn't take anything back. However, it's not like I lo- I like the idea that people can view that of me. I personally, those videos make me want to throw up. Taylor is going to think differently after this episode. No, I don't. I don't think negatively at all. I, I, no, I, I just I said think you what you're so doing. Excited now. Listen, this is. A, I, I think this episode is so important for so many people to hear because you're yeah. like really being so honest and vulnerable. And I also think, and maybe you could leave us with this. <laughs> what would you tell the men that are consuming, like Taylor, the porn? What does that do? I mean, I've never been a man, so I can't relate. However, if you are going to consume porn, just like I'm really into like sustainability when it comes to like clothing and buying used clothes and supporting small businesses, go to the OnlyFans girl, go to the, go to the, you know, the privately owned pages or businesses of specific girls that you like and pay for them instead of going on Pornhub and consuming that, at least do something that's helping pay for someone's college tuition, pay for their rent, paying for a single mom. Do that if you're going to consume porn. That is, that's a good tip, Taylor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to check your fucking history. You better, you better have taken that tip. This was enlightening. Well, you know what? It's hard now. I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie and say I've never seen porn, but it's like when you hear it in this Well, like, no, you're not going to lie and say you've never but, seen porn. But, let's, let's not. But, you know, it's. I think it puts it in a light where it's like, okay, in my own relationship, what turns me on is if my wife is turned on, right? Uh, yeah. And so if I'm now, if you're thinking, if I'm thinking like, oh, my, this person's like not happy. They don't really like this. They're not into it. It's like, it's a little bit of a boner killer, right? Yeah. So what you're I mean, saying that's, is because she was honest about that it's a boner killer. No, no. What I'm just saying is like, <laughs> For me to be turned on, I have to be with somebody that's turned on. Like it feels very yeah. creepy if they're not, right? Make your own porn together. Yeah. Let's put it on OnlyFans. <laughs> Wait, can we put, we can't put it on Centerfold. No, only, only nudity. If you ever want a Centerfold shoot, we'll shoot you like beautiful, classy nudes if you want. I would love a beautiful, <laughs> or implied classy. Or implied. I, I personally like implied. And I think that guys spend more money on girls who like make classy content. What's implied? It doesn't show nipples or like any of that. I, th- I agree with you. I like the the tease of it. Yeah, like yeah, I, I, I like 100%. when girls are like nude and beautiful, but it doesn't show anything derogatory. And I those girls actually make the most money. Huh. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a new career choice. Yeah. Does anyone want to see me doing implied pregnant? <laughs> I could do implied pregnant. Lord made me a book once. I have it. I did. Aww. I made you a, it's a sexy it's, book. I made him for our wedding. Don't give me any ideas back there, Taylor. You're never I seen gave the book. him a huge box and it said your masturbation kit. Oh. And then on it it says that's... it's over for you. And it's just pictures of myself <laughs> naked. If oh. I ever have a boyfriend, I'm stealing that idea. You got to do a masturbation kit, and yeah. it had like it had coconut oil, woo lube really? in it, Ooh. and like, like where do you get this idea from? That's genius. I, I just felt like you know what? We're getting married. Here's your masturbation kit for the rest of your fucking for life. the rest of your life. Yeah. 
And here we are. Lauren's just theatrical. She <laughs> always does later. things like that. Yeah, I am theatrical. Yeah, she's very, listen, she's very dramatic. She's uh, There's always something. I never know what I'm going to get. It's just, it just keeps it me on my feet. It keeps it exciting. You're yeah. my inspiration post-pregnancy. The nomad, the keto, and the and the carnivore. Yes, girl. Any, just text me if you need advice on anything. Wagyu beef. Yeah, from ear one. It has like 30 grams of fat in it and 30 grams of protein. Put olive oil all over it. It's okay. great for your brain. The MCT oil from Bulletproof. They have a really good one. It's good for your brain. For me, I really balance out each macro and nutritional value so that I can eat the smallest amount of calories and get everything that I need within one meal and within a small amount of calories. So when you go back to, when you get to the weight you want to be and you go back to eating normal, how will you implement stuff into your diet without mm -hmm. it like shocking your system? So maintenance is way easier than losing weight. I think for 120 pounds, which is what I want to be, I could have 1500 calories a day. Right now I'm eating, I don't even know if it's appropriate to say because I don't want to encourage other people to be as strict as I am right now. Maintenance is easy and I actually prefer to eat healthy and I will continue mostly keto after because I believe that it's been beneficial to my brain and my body. I mean, here's my thing with, with talking about this. People get mad if you don't tell the full story and then they get mad if you do tell the full story. And yeah. a great example of this is Kim Kardashian just trying to fit into Marilyn Monroe's dress. Yeah. First of all, if someone told me that I could wear Marilyn Monroe's dress, do anything to get yeah, you. And by the way, <laughs> look, no one gives anyone shit for a movie role. Mm -hmm. Like, if Angelina Jolie has to lose weight for a movie role, no one's giving her shit. Yeah. So essentially that was like kind of like a movie role. For me personally, I'd rather hear the real truth about what people are really doing yeah. than hear like I breastfed and was chasing around a kid. Yeah. Well, the thing is though, not everyone is going to eat 600 to 800 calories a day and get the right nutrition. So I can't be like, oh, it's fine to only eat 600 or 800 calories a day because they're not going to make sure that they have the right nutrients in it. They're not going to make sure that they have the right macros of fat and protein. For me, I'm like very specific. I'm also very educated on it. So I don't want to say that it's okay to only eat that amount unless you you're, you know that your body is well enough for it and you've done the research to get the very specific nutrients that you need because that is a very small amount of calories to eat a day. Like I always say on this podcast, we are not doctors. Yes. No one's a doctor. Go do your own research. Be your own guru. Be your no, own advocate. I read a couple of medical books and now I'm going to start calling myself one. Okay. <laughs> when I just put that out there. When we film, when we film our off. adult film situation, you can be a doctor. I got some pretty <laughs> shaky hands though, so I don't know if I can film that's that well. That's true. Okay. So where can we find your podcast that's coming out? Pimp yourself out. Tell us about oh. the podcast. What can we expect from that? Yeah. What's next for you? Tell us all the things. So my podcast is a reboot. It's called Three Girls, One Kitchen. I started it with my two best friends. It mainly started as dating advice. We took a year off because I abandoned everyone when I got pregnant. We're all coming back with more insight, me as a mother now, them with ex their experiences that they've had over the past year. It's on going to be posted on my YouTube channel like before. We're on Apple, Spotify, Three Girls, One Kitchen. Follow me with all the stuff that I do with Playboy, my clothing, anything. If you're not already following her, because she has 16 million followers, so you're yeah. probably already following her. Yeah. <laughs> but still, go check out her page. Thank you for coming on. Thank, Thank you for doing you. this. Thank that you was for amazing. Me. That was amazing.
We do not do this often, but I am going to give away one Skinny Confidential Ice Roller. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode with Lana Rhodes on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostic. We love to hear from you guys. Give us all the feedback and we will drop into one of your inboxes and send you an ice roller. And also be sure to check out the pink balls they just launched. It's a facial manipulation situation on shopskinnyconfidential.com. On that note, thanks for listening. And I hope you love this episode with Lana. I have such an obsession with Symbiotica that I harassed the founder, Shervine, and made him come back on the podcast. He's coming back on the podcast for part three. <laughs> He's been on three times. I have to tell you, these vitamins are legit. I took them my entire pregnancy. They come in like these little packets. Even Zaza likes them. They have like organic mushrooms, vitamin C, glutathione. I am a huge fan of the vitamin C packets. And I also like the B12 that you squirt in your mouth. I like it because it's liquid. So I feel like it goes straight to my bloodstream. The B12 I do straight in the morning. First thing, it tastes really good. It's not overly sweet. I do 10 squirts underneath my tongue. It absorbs immediately into your system. I give a squirt to Zaza. And then the vitamin C I'll have like later in the day. Michael is such a fan that he says himself he's their biggest customer. No, I think I am the biggest customer. And what I love so much about the supplements is they're not in pill form, they're liposomal. So they're actual food that you eat. So instead of having to take a pill to get your vitamin and have it assimilate into your system, you're actually eating the supplements and the vitamins and getting them right into your system, absorbing them right away. Weston and I were in the sauna together today. It's a long story. Don't ask. And he, Questionable. <laughs> he was telling me how he feels like his hangovers have improved since taking Symbiotica. His nails are longer. His hair is longer. I feel the same way. I'm a huge Symbiotica fan. I've used my own code. You can use code skinny at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. This is in addition to custom bundle discounts. So people can get 45% off. Create your custom bundle at symbiotica.com and get 30% off. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. And if you have any questions for Shervine, leave them on my latest post.